Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Monday. It's the 29th day of June 2020. How the heck are you? You can find all the previous episodes of this show at abriefchat.com, and we'll get to uh, the meat of today's show after we take a look back in Radical History via the Slingshot Day Planner. You can get a copy of this for yourself at slingshotcollective.org. This day in 1917, W.E.B. Du Bois leads a silent march by blacks against lynching in New York City. In 1930, the government of Mexico executed 20 revolutionary workers in Matamoros. That's this day in radical history. Recently on the show, I have mentioned uh, once or twice, including on a bonus episode, about feeling some kind of attraction to my original faith, which was Catholicism, and that despite having some pretty serious doctrinal differences, like, for example, I don't really believe in God— You'd think that kind of would be a non-starter, but I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. I don't exactly know how it's all going to work out. And so what I thought I might do was talk to a couple people with perspectives on faith that were both different and more recent than mine. And so this week on the show, I'm going to do uh, four episodes with two different people each two days. Um, and the first is starting today with my cousin Lynn. She'll be on today and tomorrow. And then a guy named Mike Robinson will be on on Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday, we're going to dig into the poetry of a Catholic monk and writer Thomas Merton. So that's this week on the show. Let's dig into the first part of the first interview. My guest on today's show, as part of this exploration of Catholicism and my attraction to it and how people are dealing with it in the modern era and so on and so forth, is one of my favorite people on earth, my cousin Lynn Harding. Lynn, welcome to A Brief Chat. Thank you for having me. You are one of the few people in my life who started out as a Catholic and is still one to this day, you and I are almost exactly the same age, and yes. uh, we were both raised in Catholic families, and then uh, my family kind of switched teams, and then I switched teams even more. Um, whereas, uh, to the best of my knowledge, your your family has uh, pretty much stayed in the original camp, and you yourself and your kids um, are all Catholics. And so I wanted to ask, first of all, I guess just about your, often people kind of get to like their teenage years, and it's one easy way to separate themselves from their parents is to, you know, maybe reject their religious beliefs or to, you know, strike out in some different direction. And I want to ask what kept you in the Catholic Church as you grew up and your, you know, you knew more about the world, maybe your opinions changed, so on and so forth. Well, you know, it's actually interesting because, you know, you you said to the best of your knowledge, my my parents and my brother who is 3 years younger than I am, you know, are still, for lack of a better term, practicing Catholics. My parents and my brother actually kind of drifted away from the church when we moved to Kentucky. So we moved to Kentucky when I was starting my freshman year in high school. But you're right, growing up, every Sunday of my life, my behind was in a pew at a Catholic church at 11 o'clock in the morning. And we celebrated Holy Days. I went to Catholic elementary school. Advent was very important in our family at, you know, at Christmas time. When we moved to Kentucky, so for people who are not Catholic, the Catholic faith is practiced in a lot of different ways, depending on where you live. So the faith that I was raised in was the one that my parents were raised in, in New England. 
So it's very old fashioned with priests that look like they're 150 years old. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're lucky they were speaking English and not Latin. It was the faith that my mom and dad grew up with and that your parent, your mother grew up with. And, um, you know, our grandparents, there was more of a, a fear factor involved than, you know, what the kind of Catholicism that I practice now and that I am sharing with my, with my children and my spouse is also sharing with our children. You know, I think it would have been easy for me to have drifted away from the church when I got to be older. But when I was 11, we moved to Tucson for several years. And when we moved to Tucson, the style of Catholicism that was there was not what my parents were used to. It was obviously a very different community, a much more diverse community, and the leadership of the churches was much more diverse. We had a pastor who had grown up in Mexico at one point in time. We had another who had grown up in California. So it was not what my parents were used to. So they sort of stopped. They just they stopped going because it wasn't familiar anymore. So because they stopped going, we kind of stopped going. So for a period of time when we lived in Tucson, I was actually attending a, an Episcopal church with my neighbors. It was similar, but that was probably one of the first places where I sort of became familiar with the idea of more of a, what I consider to be a loving God and that faith can be about our, God's love for us and our love for each other. And, you know, that that's the way that we should be treating each other. And that was very intriguing to me. So then when I was starting my freshman year, we moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. The church that we attended there had a flavor that was much more similar to some of the Protestant faiths that were predominant in our community. And, you know, part of it is they were trying to attract a larger population of people who maybe didn't grow up in the Catholic faith, people who were converts to Catholicism. And so that didn't fit for my parents either. But again, it fit for me because it was still more of that idea of practicing the faith should be not only a benefit to you, but should be a benefit to others. And if anything, it sort of gave me a little bit of a, um, a separation in a good way from, from my immediate family. My parents, once I was confirmed in 11th grade, weren't all that interested in participating in that particular parish anymore, but I kept going. And I think the thing that really kept me going was the youth group that was there. So we had a very dynamic youth group leader named Rosanna. She made me want to come to church. She made me want to explore my faith on a deeper level than what I was used to and really challenged me to kind of find my voice and to find my place in this in this faith community. Now, as you as you grew older, I mean, you went to college. You also got an advanced degree. You work in public service. Mm-hmm. You you know have a, a husband and kids. And I over that time, I mean, I just I know you less well than I like to think I do, but I know you at least well enough <laughs> to say that I think for both of us, it's true to say that some of the things we believed when we were young, we stopped believing when we got older in terms of how society should function, what's acceptable and what's not, those kinds of things. I think we both Mm -hmm. both adopted a more expansive view of social good than we we maybe grew up with. And so you have, through that evolution as a human being, you have maintained 
uh, maintained your faith. And I don't want to give the impression that it's one unbroken line. I mean, you feel free to, you know, to say that things have waxed and waned or whatever. But, you know, you're still a Catholic now. And so I am I'm curious. And and obviously there's a self-serving angle to this curiosity, because as I myself am starting to look toward, you know, my my home church again, I know that I am at odds with some of its positions. And I want to ask you how, as you evolved as a human being and and your beliefs expanded and changed, how you managed to maintain uh, a healthy relationship, you know, with your faith and with the institution of the church, which can be the, the most challenging part, I think. Sure. And, you know, I, a lot of people have asked me this question because for a lot of people, I am one of the only people that was a cradle Catholic that is still a Catholic that they know that is my age. On paper, the teachings of the Catholic Church, the catechism of the Catholic Church, in some ways is not what I espouse at all. But I think that there are issues within the church and the way that I view them is, you know, maybe not the opinion of the leadership of the church, but it's, it's my opinion. So to me, the idea of the Catholic, the word Catholic means universal. So to me, being part of the Catholic faith means that I share a common thread with so many people around the world, but not only people that practice Catholicism, but people that practice other faiths as well, because I feel like we are united by one God, and that God may be called something different in another person's faith tradition, but I feel like, you know, we are all united through that that concept. And there are things that I disagree with, and it's not that I necessarily, first, first of all, you know, a very recent topic, I feel like the Catholic Church, you know, has always tried to create, um, you know, the feeling that racism is wrong, and it is wrong in every single form. And you know, I feel like the church is a little slow getting to be on the right side of history in a lot of in a lot of ways. But I feel like as a Catholic, it's an opportunity for me to help move that needle, to help it keep moving along as I continue to practice. I don't want to give up just because the church isn't moving along as fast as I would like it to. You know, I feel like there are other, you know, another big issue for a lot of people um, with the Catholic Church is the issue of abortion. I hate the concept of abortion. I, I really do. I, I can't, having had two children, and especially having lost a baby, I feel like I, I can't imagine making that choice. But the reason why I feel like so many women make that choice and why it is still legal and it should still be legal is because we don't do anything to support the people that are having to make that choice. We're, we're not providing a, a community where they're feeling supported. We're not providing a community where they have access to good health care and thus birth control. We're not providing a safety net for people to not have to make that decision. There's a difference between being pro-life and being pro-birth. 
And again, I feel like I can help move that needle in the right direction through talking and and being there to listen to people and to see what they need. And, you know, it's all part of the, the corporal works of mercy in my mind, which is, you know, to feed the hungry and to clothe the naked and to visit the sick and the imprisoned and to harbor the homeless and and to to be there and you know I feel like there are a lot of parts of our of our church um, and our faith community that try to do those things I would like to see the central authority of the church come a lot farther but I think that there are a lot of parts of the Catholic Church like the Catholic workers movement um, a lot of the orders of ordained women, one that I'm particularly fond of is the Sisters of St. Joseph, the Franciscan tradition. I feel like they, they try to focus on those things. And it makes me want to focus on those things as well. It makes me want to try and help because that's what we're here to do. If, if I believe that humankind is created in the likeness of God, then every person that I meet is created that way and no one should be left out. Lynn, can you come back tomorrow and continue this conversation? Absolutely. That is my cousin, Lynn Harding, who is uh, just one of the, the finest people I know. And I'm super happy to get to talk to her about this topic tomorrow. We'll continue our conversation. Meanwhile, you can go to a brief where you can find all the previous episodes of this podcast. You can also become a member if you so choose. And that is uh, quite helpful for, for me and for my folks. So I would love it if you would do that. But in any case, we'll be back tomorrow with more. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have a lot of work to do. Please.